Welcome to Neighbor to Neighbor, a podcast focused on highlighting extraordinary individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ, a not-for-profit cooperative credit union based in Bellingham, Washington. Winters are long and gray in the Pacific Northwest, day after day of rain. But when the first rays of sunshine start shining through in the beginning of spring and the flowers start to bud, we take advantage. And for many people, we turn our attention to our yards and gardens. That's where great local nurseries, like My Garden Nursery, located on Bakerview Road, come in to supply us with everything we need to bring our outdoor spaces to life. My name is Keith Mater, and in this episode of Neighbor to Neighbor, I speak with Anthony of My Garden Nursery. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me about My Garden Nursery. My Garden Nursery is unlike any other nursery that I've ever worked at, and I've been doing this for about 40 years. Um, It's a destination. It's a place that you don't want to come in and grab something quick and leave. I have kind of a philosophy here. Walk slowly, breathe deeply. This is a place people want to come. They want to relax. People come here oftentimes after work. They want, they know that they can get virtually any plant they want here. This is a place that we put customers beyond anything else. They're the reason we're here. We're customer-centric is a good way to put it. Yeah, and, um, and we're sitting here in the office at the nursery, and, and you were kind enough to give me a tour um, we walked around the whole place, and my goodness, this place is huge. And it continues to grow. So the first time, my very first year here, five years ago, we had a much smaller collection. And every year, we have not just built our collection, but cultivated the customers to buy it. And we do that by listening to them, responding appropriately to them, and treating them like they matter, not like a dollar bill. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um I think one of the biggest things that I notice when I just first walk into this place is this place is fun. It is fun. It is not uncommon to see the limbo rock going on here. On occasion, we like to do the limbo rock. If it comes on the radio, I'm one of the first morons that is going to run and grab a piece of bamboo and make everybody do the limbo rock with me. It's a boatload of fun. And it's, it's just, it's fun. You know, if you can't have fun at work... I can't imagine not having fun at work. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of a kick. Yeah. There's there's just so much energy and, you know, it's not just the colors, but there's also, there's a lot of fun things. I think I saw a giant Sasquatch. Giant Sasquatches are a thing here. We have many more of them, believe it or not, but they've all sold. We have giant Sasquatch. We have giant um, uh, scarecrows. Everything's big here because we should entice the senses and hopefully the moment you walk in here, you're put at ease. Now, you have a lot of different plants here. Yes. I mean, tell me about your offerings. You know, it. we have all of the bread and butter material, which is what people come to a nursery for. But where we really shine is when we go above and beyond that. We have what we call a wish list. Customers come in saying, wow, I really wish you had fill in the blank. Mm. Well, you know, don't give something like that to a bunch of us who we become like little pit bulls with something in our teeth because then we start digging for it and finding it yeah. and bringing it in. 
And people start, they remember that. Hey, they found this for me. Mm -hmm. So what we've done for the past five years is we've cultivated a a clientele with a very discriminating palette. A lot of them know what they want and it's not easy to find and they'll pay for it. So we bring, we'll bring in anything that they want that we can find. And it's kind of fun having things that are so rare, but things that everybody's looking for. Yeah. And we've got them. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's definitely something that stuck out on our tour was, you know, you're walking around and you're seeing um, some of the more typical things like your, your typical bush, your typical flower or you know whatever but then you're like oh also this is our rare plant section and there's some stuff in here that's super expensive and really hard to find but people are just crazy about it and we have in all of our department heads we have people with very discriminating taste and we like to get things that are unusual and we all in our own departments thrive at this because we love things that not everybody else that not everybody else has so Consequently, the lady who works in our, our tropical plants loves searching. And we all do this. Oftentimes, we'll be sitting at home after work, playing on the computer, looking for things. Mm-hmm. Because we all have a passion for this. And I feel like when you really have a passion for something, that's when it really starts showing in the nursery proper. Love that. Love that. And, you know, you know uh, just having brief interactions today, the passion does come through, which is so cool. Yeah, it's fun. So I do want to ask, you know, um, what's the story on all of the flamingos? There are a lot of purple flamingos at this nursery. There are a lot of purple flamingos. So the purple represents the Alzheimer's Society. And we sell purple flamingos and the proceeds go as a donation to the Alzheimer's Society. Jenny lost both of her parents to Alzheimer's and has a very, very, very deep connection to this. Mm. Um, I lost my grandpa to Alzheimer's. Uh, while my connections may not as be quite as deep as hers, it's still pretty profound. And just to clarify, Jenny is... Jenny's our owner, oh. yes. She is the one who had this dream and um, incorporated all of us into it. So we like to give back. And some of the many ways we give back is with the Alzheimer's Society. Uh, there was a time when we would do auctions every year. Of course, COVID has put the kibosh on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But we still raise money for the Alzheimer's Society. Um, Alzheimer's Society allows people who may have been diagnosed with Alzheimer's to... It opens up options for them financially. Uh, so it's a, just, it's a really, really amazing um, institution. Awesome. Awesome. That's cool to hear that. And- And I love a company that, um, you know, you're not just going there just to shop, but you're going there and you know that um, that company cares about the community, cares about people and is trying to make a difference. So I love that. Um, I do want to, again, go back just just a little bit. Um, Can you just walk me through? There's there's like different buildings and different rooms for the different types of plants that you have. Can you just walk me through what some of those are? So when you walk in, you're going to walk in to... Uh, the very, very front of the gift shop. In the very front of the gift shop, you'll have things like organic uh, fertilizers, organic pesticides. You'll also have our cashiers and carts. If you veer off to the right, you'll have you'll be right in the middle of our gift shop. Mm-hmm. If you then go into our jungle, which is all of our 
our house plants and whatnot, you'll pass along the way some of our rare plants. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'll go into the jungle and it'll be this, this menagerie of tropical foliage. If you go into our greenhouse, we will have all the annuals and the perennials and all sorts of veggie starts that you're looking for. Um, and we'll have them in abundance. The ladies who curate that area are super, super sticklers for detail and make sure everything looks just right. If you continue going out the very back of the greenhouse, you're going to stumble onto our back patio, which is where a lot of herbs are kept, um, in addition to grasses, ornamental grasses. Um, And if you continue off to the left, we will have our roses, um, and we have a huge selection of roses. There'll be peonies back there because we know peonies love full sun. And if you veer off a little bit to the right, everything there is edible. It's fruit land. We have everything from apples to raspberries and, and blackberries and oftentimes gooseberries. And we, we kind of culminate into what I refer to affectionately as frankenfruits, which are one tree with about four or five different fruits on it. Wow. Um, so those are pretty cool. Cool. If you go into the garden proper, that's where all of our ornamentals are, are handled. We like to display those in garden form because people need to understand how to use these mm. and need to know what textures look like. Yeah. Over there, we also have our water part, our water garden department. We'll have all sorts of aquatics, uh, everything you can think of from lotuses to water lilies to hyacinths and anything, everything in between. But then just a little bit off to the left, we have carnivorous plants, which happens to be a subject near and dear to my heart yeah. because I'm trying to uh, bring people's much more into the awareness of these, because when you look at these, you're looking back millennia. Cool. If you keep walking uh, through, you're going to go under a Flamingo Way, which is our walkway. That's where a lot of our part sun, part shade plants are going to be located. And if you continue and you go all the way to the other end of that, you'll find our conifer garden. Um, We have a huge conifer garden. Some of the newest, when we buy them, I oftentimes look at the, our rep and say, so it's not on the list that I can have. Mm. Because I don't. I, I like to offer people fresh. They want to be excited. If you keep uh, going through, we have our big purple barn. Our big purple barn's a kit because it's all things shade. But we also have pottery in there. We also have garden furniture in there. Um, there's this huge assortment. Again, walk slowly, breathe deeply. You could miss something, and that would be bad. I feel like, you know, even if you didn't know what you wanted to get, if you're just to take some time and just meander about, you're going to see something that you want. You will. You will. And we have people that come in here with no special agenda. Yeah. And they come in here, sometimes they just need a break from life. Mm. And you know what? Walk slowly, breathe deeply. You're, you're totally safe here. And we get people who just need to find something. They don't know what. Mm. So in doing some research for the show today, I noticed that you have a, a pretty talented staff. Can you tell me more about that? We do. We do. Um, I feel, and I know Jenny feels blessed to have all the people we have here. You know, we've got people who've been in this industry for eons. And... The one thing I appreciate more than schooling is somebody who's been in this industry for 40, 50 years. Mm. And we've got that. You learn we've a lot got over that. those years. You learn more than you will ever learn in a college. Mm. And it's not to say that we don't have horticulturists. I am myself a horticulturist. We also, I, have, I work with another horticulturist, Lynn, out in the garden. 
Um, she is phenomenal. We have, I refer to the, to the ladies of the greenhouse, so the greenhouse goddesses, um, Cheryl and Nancy, who these women together have been in the industry 60 years. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they don't know. <laughs> the lady who takes care of the tropicals and our cacti was born to do this work. She has a very discriminating taste and has an eye for how to put things together like that. Mm. Um, the lady who works in our, our gift shop, um, Edwina, she's been doing this longer than I've been doing this. And women can put things together that you would kind of look at her cross-eyed and she puts it together and you're like, oh my gosh, I never saw that. We're so lucky because we all play off of one another. Mm-hmm. And we're okay to say, I don't know that. Let me go grab Lynn. I don't know that. Let me grab Nancy or the ladies. Um, and so what's cool is that not only do you have this, this huge vat of knowledge, but people have taken their egos off, the, off to the side. And it's all about the customer, making sure that customer gets what they need. Love that. So playing off of that, you know, you have, you have a lot of people that know their areas, they're talented, they've been doing this for years. Let's say somebody walks in and um, they say, you know, I have my yard or I have this this space and I don't know what to do with it, but I know I need something. Like, what does that process look like for that person? So that is, uh, I kind of think of that as a getting to know you time. Um, it's the opportunity to really get to know your client. First thing I'm going to ask for is, do you have a picture on your phone? Nine times out of 10, they do. Um, when they don't, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Most of it, if I'm working with a client in the garden and we've got an area of their garden that they just don't know what to do with, if I can see a picture, I'll take a look at the style of the home. I'm sizing my customers up three ways to Sunday and then I'm putting something together. What they don't want is they don't want me in their garden. They want them in their garden. Yeah. I kind of see the whole thing as hiring an interior decorator. It's very similar. It's highly personal and it should be tailored to the client. So when I talk to them, I'm going to be kind of sizing them up. I want to know how involved do you want to be in your garden? Mm -hmm. What are we using this for? If we're using it as a foundation plant that goes around the house, let's go with evergreens, something beautiful that you don't have to really take care of it, but fairly innocuous. It's going to be a beautiful backdrop. Mm -hmm. If they're looking for a tree, then where are we at? Are you out in the county? Are you in the city? Because that's going to have have a very strong impact on what we select. Yeah. So getting to know them um, is a way to qualify what exactly they're looking for. A customer, they know what they're looking for. And I, and I don't like it when, when uh, people say they don't know what they want. We tell them what they want. That is not really true. Mm-hmm. They have a mental picture. Mm-hmm. It's up to a skilled salesperson or person that works in this industry to pull that out. Right. And then to say, there it is. Cool. I love that. That's so awesome. And it's cool. It's cool when you go somewhere and I mean, it's becoming more and more rare that you go somewhere and you know that the person that's going to be helping you is going to be doing it in a consultative way. And they actually say, I actually want to understand your situation before I recommend something. And then, you know, if you're able to do this, then it's going to look awesome. It's going to be what you want. But you know how much of, I know when I go look for a computer, I know nothing about computers. So you need somebody who can so tell So I you. need somebody who is going to qualify me right. for what I'm going to use it for. And they're not interested in selling me something that I'm never going to use. Um, so, you know, it kind of, it's, it kind of comes full circle when I go out shopping. Okay. So I do want to get into just, just while we have some time here at the end, 
um, just some tips that you might have for somebody, you know, what are some just useful um, rules of thumb that maybe um, people aren't aware of when it comes to um, whether it's landscaping or gardening or whatever. I mean, just anything that you, from your years of experience that you could impart on the, on the listeners. I think starting out with a winning situation is good. And that starts with planting. Hmm. Um, when you buy a plant, the people at the nurseries should be instructing you how to plant it. In different parts of the world, there are different methodologies. Hmm. Up here, we have our own interesting proclivities, including glacial um, uh, clay, which is not a bad thing. So teaching people how to plant something and not to plant it deep, but remembering that the soil in the pot, on the very top of the pot, should never have anything on it. It should always, always be at that top of the soil. If we bury things too deeply, which is an extremely common um, occurrence, then very slowly the plant begins to die. So that. Also, don't get comfortable. Even though you're, you have a hedge that is 20 years old, it still needs water. I cannot tell you the amount of people who, right after winter, have said, I, am, I need you to come out and consult with me. My whole hedge is dead. Mm. Well, first thing I'm going to talk about is what's our watering regimen. They don't need watering. They're 20 years old. Mm. One time I took, the guy was drinking a cup of coffee. I took his coffee out, out of his hand and I dumped it out. And he says, well, what are you doing? I'm like, how old are you? He says, 46. I'm like, you don't need any more, any more food. Do you understand how absolutely ludicrous that sounds? <laughs> they also need water. Water your hedge. Water it and do it well. Get nice deep soakings. If those are some. If you follow those two, you're going to be successful. You know, I think that brings up a good, maybe a better question, which is to say, you know, around here in this area of Whatcom, Skagit County, um, you mentioned glacial clay. Mm -hmm. What are some other kind of um, tips for people that live specifically in this area? You know. First of all, your glacial clay. Let's talk about clay for a second here, shall we? Shall we? I got. I was in Georgia. We had red clay. There were no redeeming qualities on Georgia red clay, other than throwing it on a potter's wheel and turning it into a bowl. Mm. Here, our glacial clay has had hundreds of thousands of years of glaciers scraping across it, depositing nutrients. We need to reconstruct that. We need to add organic matter. Think of glacial clay as a hungry piece of earth. Mm. hugely important adding organic matter nice compost organic matter into your soil by the droves is a beautiful thing that in and of itself is going to change the consistency it's going to change the consistency of that clay and it's going to unlock those micronutrients and trace elements i find this stuff fascinating i don't know if our listeners will but um <laughs> talking about dirt i mean this is working for me um so another question i have i know that um up in like Linden, Everson, kind of North County, they have a lot of like, like I think they call it sandy loam. Yep. T tell me about that and how does that kind of work as far as gardening or you know? How, yeah. A lot of it depends on the on the severity of their sandy loam. I've actually seen people that God bless them, they just got they have sand. Mm -hmm. um, and adding again, think of that as hungry earth. We've got to add a lot of organic matter, and here's the kicker: you're going to add like five wheelbarrows to this area and then you'll come out next week and it's gone. Oh. Well, the earth ate it. Oh, add I see. more. I see. And we're going to continually add more. But a typical sandy loam really means that you've got some good sand in there, maybe even a little bit of grit 
and you've got great drainage. Mm. So sandy loam in and of itself isn't such a bad idea or a bad uh, situation, but having pure sand, um, that that's going to be difficult. Gotcha. Helpful. Very helpful. So what are some gardening trends that you're seeing these days, whether it's just different types of plants or just things that you're seeing a lot of people jumping onto? So it's interesting because you've almost got two different worlds going on simultaneously. You've got the old school people who are still doing what their folks did, um, you know, back in the day, as it were. And then you've got the younger people coming in. And you've got two very different things happening. The older people want nice, tidy, clean, tight gardens. Mm. Um, and it doesn't mean clipped. It doesn't mean um, formal. It just means they want something nice and clean. And that's... Uh, now, enter the younger folks. They're bored with that. Mm. They want something with a little bit more pop and, and, and bang to it. Mm. So they want color, a riot of color. So when I look at the two of them, um, it's almost like looking at two very different worlds. You've got this green world of, I want it just nice, nice and tight, nothing flashy, versus I want wow mm-hmm. in my garden. Wow is, is going to be probably the most quickest rising to the top because, of course, that generation is coming up. COVID has really, really brought those millennials out to play. Oh, cool. And they're wanting color Mm. they're wanting something that not everybody has they're wanting something that when people walk by they want to knock out the door and say what is that Mm. it's a little bit more wild it is a bit more wild but we still have that uh, we still have the same proclivities in some respects that the older folks have where they want it neat and some people want it really uh formal formal gardening is coming back a little bit Mm. um but they want color they want something that is they can look out and say yeah that's awesome. And they want it year round. Um, and, but what's really interesting is that typically they're the people who are busy. They don't have time mm. to be out there. So that now now makes where I've got to say, okay, let's find a very, very low maintenance, oh my God, garden for you. And what's cool is that the horticultural community is responding. The growers and the breeders are responding. We're now getting a lot of uh, material that is being scaled down for the urban garden. Uh, probably one of the best examples is there's a variety of Japanese maple called Sangakaku, uh, coral bark maples. And that's called Little Sango. We got one left. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of uh, some really, the whole urban vibe is getting a little bit more intense. And that's again going to be the younger people that are really making things move. Awesome. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. My pleasure. Anytime I can take an opportunity to show this place off, I'm a happy person. Thanks for listening to Neighbor to Neighbor, a community-driven conversation highlighting individuals and organizations making an impact in our community. Neighbor to Neighbor is produced by WeQ. Unless specifically stated otherwise, WeQ does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement.